Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I was gonna say, what's so funny is that somehow in like business school or something like that, they, they like seem to plant this idea that certain roles like require an MBA and product feels like one of those ones that, and I had somebody who was in the middle of MBA school, who was an entrepreneur had sold her business. And she was like, yeah, like, do you think I could maybe get an, a product internship with you guys this summer? And I was like, you could be a freaking senior PM today. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why no, it's, you... it's a total market employee, in my opinion. It, it's, yeah, people ask that. Uh, it's pretty much the same when they ask, do I need a tech background to be a PM? You don't. I mean, and that's what I grew up learning that like that, that you had to initially. I mean, that's kind of how it was early on with like the Google and, and, and whatnot and Facebook. But right. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Now it's way less. Yeah. Yeah. I think businesses are starting to realize that there's like a lot of value in like a diversity of opinions and perspectives and that like almost every product manager that I know has come from a very different background. But like having that difference is actually a value and a benefit to a product organization, in my opinion. I think that when everybody is coming from the same perspective, it's like detrimental. The only thing I think that would be super valuable from like an MBA perspective is like having solution frameworks that they give you and like having more of an in-depth understanding of like how businesses work, which all of that you can learn online or in a book. So I don't really see how it's like super valuable to Sarah, go to business Sarah's school. spitting some fire against the, uh, against the MBA route right now. <laughs> well, I think the only, in my opinion, the only way that an MBA is valuable is if you want to go to business school to make connections to start a new business. Because I think that like, especially if you go to somewhere like Harvard or Stanford business school, you can meet a co-founder, you can meet people who will fund your organization. But like, I don't necessarily think that it's super valuable from a product perspective, at least. So it, it, to, to answer the question, do you need an MBA to be a product manager? The answer is no, yeah, but right. it's not that the MBA is not valuable, right? Like you right. can definitely get value and gain value, but um, it's not a requirement to dive into a product career. Well, yeah. you know, it was funny as I was reading this one article the other day, because I was, I was curious about like what, what topics are being posted, like what articles are being posted that we that it makes these things uh, feel that way. And even in our conversation the other week and with the uh, recruiters from Shopify, they basically said like, you know, at the senior level, we're either expecting you to have already been a product manager or that you founded a company. Right. Right. Like those are kind of like the checksum. So maybe it is that the MBA helps you get into that initial role. If you want to start off right there without having done, you know, some of those other steps that might naturally lead it into you. Or as she kind of mentioned, 
you know, maybe you didn't cross over from uh, another role like marketing into a, an associate product or a product role at your existing company. So it could be a shortcut to getting in there. Yeah, and I, and I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could definitely be a shortcut. But again, I, so some companies have made, they, they have it almost on principle to go higher out of business school and they go to, they go for the top business schools like the Harvard's, the Chicago's. And a good example is Amazon. Amazon typically goes to MBA schools to get their next round of product management and they come in at senior level straight. Now, I, I don't think that MBA alone is enough because, I mean, I, I, I got an MBA myself and when I finished business school, I don't think any of my classmates became a product manager. I think there were a few brand managers. There was probably one or two associate PMs, but it wasn't until I started with my company, worked in BizDev for a couple of years, then I was able to make the move within the company. And what spoke for me was my experience in the company, not my MBA. So, that, yeah. Yeah, I, that I, seems I, like the most common path into product, but definitely not the only one as we're kind of working through some of these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think many companies are realizing that we value experience, even if it's not product experience, but maybe you've worked with a small company. So you've taken a lot of responsibilities. Companies will find out we value that more than you just straight out of business school, no real business experience. You know, it's funny because I, I have a friend who, I, he went to go work for PayPal. He kind of same thing right out of MBA school, came in. I think he was either an associate or a PM or like a general PM level candidate right out of there. But yeah, I mean, he kind of had the similar feedback that like you really have to learn the craft, as it were, to really accelerate. I guess maybe that's one of the questions that people might ask is like, what does it mean to like learn the craft? What does it mean to be like that initial learnings? I've always kind of treated that as like most of the time when people come into product management, it's like almost like you have to understand what your skill was, but then start picking up a lot more and really a broad understanding of the business, of your space, how to run an agile or a scrum ceremony, how to work with others. There's a lot there. And that's usually what isn't isn't accounted for in most MBA programs. So, yeah, maybe we can break this conversation down a bit or expand on it. What other avenues, because Sarah, you brought this up too, like you can kind of find those things online. What other avenues do aspiring product managers or product managers in general have to kind of level up their skills outside of just going to straight business school that costs a bunch of money? Like, are, are there, do you guys have experience? Um, yeah, yeah, with, with uh, different avenues of learning outside so, of just traditional MBA. So, there is one that I'm going to uh, recommend, and this is something I wish I knew way back all those years ago when I was trying to get into product. So, when after I uh, got laid off during the pandemic uh, for like a couple of months, I volunteered for a nonprofit that was building a platform for uh, COVID, COVID tracking. And um, a lot of people volunteering really didn't have a lot of experience. I mean, we had lots of engineers who were either still in engineering school, but on the products uh, side, I think there were probably about four of us who were like real PM, real PM experience. Most of the other folks were either analysts or engineers or people who wanted to get product experience. And so we kind of, were the leads 
but they're helping to mentor and guide those people to gain product skills. And I saw that, and I saw how fast some of these folks were picking up. Like within one, two months, they were like real product managers doing all the stuff you would expect. And I thought that this is really a great way. Uh, so finding a, a startup, preferably a tech startup that kind of runs on an agile sort of framework is a great way to gain to gain experience because you're not you, uh, you're not getting paid, but you're learning a lot. You're learning how to work with people, how to work with engineers, designers, and all of that. I agree. I, I'd say finding a way to actually just do the job and immerse yourself in it. Whether ideally, you know, if you can get paid, great. But find some way to actually be a part of building something. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the best way to learn a, a, another language is to go live somewhere where that language is spoken as the main language because you, you have no choice but to figure it out if you want to survive whereas if you're just using not that duolingo is not a good app but if like me you're using duolingo a couple times a week living in colorado you're probably not going to pick up french very well um so i think Similarly, going to a startup is great. Trying to build your own product or, you know, go down that path can be good too, because it just forces you to figure out what are the different things I have to do to make this thing real and to launch it, to get people using it. Startups are great because there's an actual business that you have to, to factor in and it's kind of a trial by fire, but it's, it's probably the most efficient way to learn how to run products. Yeah, I think that kind of makes the point of Product is interesting in that it's really one of those ones where you want to build up that experience to inform your future decisions, right? Like if you don't, how does one prioritize? Well, if you haven't had to prioritize before, at least in a business context, then you don't know, right? Like you really need to actually try it and really need to make those critical decisions. I think the reason why we, and one of our other topics for today was why do startups fail? And I think where we center around this concept of startup is simply because it is the purest expression of, of radical prioritization to the point where if you don't do it correctly, uh, the startup can crash, right? But it is one of the other ways that for a product manager that you can get all of the hands-on business experience and immerse yourself really fast. And I think that's why they, we look at startup founders pretty heavily in the product management space for those reasons. Yeah, and it, I think a big part of that is what are the most important things you need to do? Because there's so many, you have to learn like the business side and understand kind of how financing and or finance and accounting fits into your product and how sales and marketing fit into your product. Um, obviously you're working with engineering and design. Um, and there's so many different things to do that it can be overwhelming and, and hard to know what is the highest leverage thing that you should be doing. Um, startups are great because you, you, it's, uh, you don't really have much choice but to do the most important things at any given point. Um, and that's, I have an that's, idea. I have an idea from this conversation. <laughs> this right. might exist out there. I'm sure there's like a startup out of the pocket toolkit, like go build a start startup. That would be so cool to do like go become a PM uh, startup toolkit and like give them all the tools they need to go become or learn the PM skills. Um, like even outsourcing the technology or what have you, but like the ability to kind of throw them into their ringer and learn these skills. 
So you're saying we need to turn this podcast into like an actual product. <laughs> we just came up with a business. <laughs> okay, so we'll do we'll there do we that. <laughs> the fun thing is actually building. I feel like building e-commerce stores online is a really good thing to practice product management skills, and it requires like next to nothing. I did before COVID hit and plug for them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before before COVID hit and. Um, I wanted to learn more about e-commerce after starting Ibotta. And I thought, why don't I just start like a drop shipping store? Plus I also saw those cool YouTube videos that were like, Oh my God, I made thousands of dollars with, with this. But then you don't realize <laughs> at the same time that like, uh-huh. Oh crap, this actually made me confront the idea of Facebook marketing and marketing conversion and mm-hmm. optimizing your product to create a better experience for e like to optimize e-commerce traffic. Where do they click? Where do they think? It was like, such a great product exercise and you know it actually turned into being profitable right before all my factories in china closed down but it was <laughs> it was great it was it was a fun experience I, yeah i what I, I like about that is you're forced to confront the other aspects that are maybe just outside of what is normally like product core focus sometimes when you first start product you're a little bit more in the the theoretical or just executing against a single idea with, you know, some engineers, a designer, and that's valuable. But to really be successful, you need to understand how the things you're building are moving the business, helping customers. Um, And a great way to do that is to like be a part of those processes. So I I totally agree. Well, the other thing too, is putting some skin in the game, like, you know, that's, that's a real quick way to make sure you're really focused. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when I, I remember I hired these two guys to do my Facebook ad campaigns because I realized I was total crap at it and I did not understand it. And I was spent and I paid them about a thousand dollars a month to like run these campaigns. But all of a sudden the store value started going up and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I realized how much I was spending on campaigns. And I was just like, okay, the life lessons with my credit card got super real in this quick moment. (laughs) And now I understand a whole lot more about Facebook ad campaigns and ad spend and conversion and CPI. Like that may not be relevant to what business you're PMing, but hey, you know, why not give something like that a try? Yeah. Um, At first I was thinking, wow, you know, racking up a few thousand dollars in credit card debt doesn't sound fun. Then I thought about how much an MBA costs. And so maybe... (laughs) Maybe that's a cheaper way to learn. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I think that sort of parallels like the whole startup component of it as well. Like when you're in the very early stages, it sort of is kind of that trial and error and figuring out what works and like learning along the way. But yeah, I think that the the most impactful thing for me was actually mentorship, which hasn't been mentioned yet. I didn't even know I wanted to be a product manager. I was sort of told I should be and kind of moved in that direction by people who had a lot of insight and skills and sort of saw Mm. the ability in me and then helped me grow in that way. Um, and helped me, you know, sort of challenging assumptions and like helping me think through things like from a product perspective, which, um, you know, does involve a lot of, a lot of different aspects. So I felt like that was really important. And also, in terms of like the app you mentioned to teach product managers how to product manage, there's actually a book by Gail Lackman McDowell, who does like all of the cracking the coding interview, cracking the PM interview. She actually has a cracking the PM career book, which I was given pretty early on. And I've, I found that that is like a really valuable resource because it does kind of talk about like 
here are some frameworks, but like they don't always work. And here's all the different ways that you can be wrong. And here's all the ways to like sort of think from a very broad perspective and, and, you know, collaborate really effectively and communicate really effectively. And I still reference that to this day when I just feel stuck on something, it sort of helps jolt me in the right direction of, um, solutioning. Love that. That is great advice. And I also am very happy that somebody else said frameworks don't always work because we had a conversation about that. And I always <laughs> felt like the lone wolf in that concept. <laughs> sounds so fun to say frameworks though, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds important. It does. Um, yeah, I think those things are great to reference. Um, I, I, I think I, that was one of the books that I, I used earlier on as well. Um, and so there, there are some really good things out there that I help, I think can help new PMs get started. There, there's another good book is by Marty Kagan, um, inspired. I think many, many people have probably heard of that one, but, um, I think there's a lot of good stuff out there. And one of the, the real keys, at least for me was kind of bridging the gap between, um, that knowledge that I was kind of taking in and then taking the theoretical and making it a bit more tangible, um, right. and, and once you do that, like, I think you, you pick things up really quickly. Yeah. I think everyone has a proclivity to learn in a, their own way, but if you kind of tackle it both ways, like, you know, just the inundate yourself with information, even though that might not be the, the, the fastest way to learn, but you're tackling it from that, but also doing, but also, you know, hearing mentoring and working closely with an individual on a coach, uh, coaching mentorship level, um, you, you, you're going to win, right? You're going to level yourself up because you're tackling it in all these different ways. So um, keep all of those um, funnels of data and information and, and, and uh, um, ways to level yourself up going. So then you can continue to do that. Um, as we wrap this up, I, I want to kind of give our listeners some homework. So Sarah, this is Sarah's new to the podcast. Hi, <laughs> thank you for joining. Um, we usually give our listeners homework at the end, just uh, something that they can apply in their everyday uh, product careers or aspiring product careers. So with that, who has the first? Um, uh, say make it real, right? I think that's a lot of what we focused on here is how you get from this thought of what a product manager should be to actually being one. And so, you know, whether it's volunteering, building your own website, doing whatever, Make it real is what I would really hone in on. I'd agree. Yeah. I'd say a lot of times we'll give resources, helpful references, things to read, things to watch. Obviously, listening to the podcast counts as that. But I think the homework this time should be... Always listen to the podcast. Don't stop. Don't you dare. Stop listening to the podcast. Um, I think... uh, definitely try and go build something, help build something, whether or not um, that's something you're doing on your own or joining to help with something as an unpaid or paid internship, um, help build something, make that a priority. Yeah. So I, I, I want to add that having a plan out on paper is, I mean, this, this, we hear this every time, but it's so um, funny how few people do it. So you know what the product management skills are. And if you don't, uh, some of those books are very good, uh, like the Marty Kagan book. But writing out the skills and then being honest with yourself. That, okay, I am not very good at collaborating with engineers. Or I am very good at talking to designers, but I'm not good here. And then 
and then when you decide what way you want to uh, use to get that experience, just like Zach just mentioned, then make sure that you are working on those those uh, deficiencies that you have and, and working to build those up. Because otherwise, you are just shooting in the dark. You're not really addressing what the skills you need to gain. That's a great point. Sarah, do you have any homework for our listeners? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say find a mentor. Um, it can sometimes be really hard to do, but I think that mentorship is valuable at any level. Like even executives of companies <laughs> that are, you know, massive organizations usually have a coach or a career mentor or a leadership mentor or something along those lines. And I do think it's really valuable from a product perspective because a lot of the time I, you know, speaking from my experience, you can get a little bit siloed and interrupt with how you're seeing things and how you're managing things. And I really think that that outside perspective for some, from somebody who has a little bit more experience is always super valuable from a growth perspective. That's awesome. Um, last thing I will add is share your way of learning, um, in the comments for this episode. We want to hear, um, did we not touch on something that you do that really helps you out in your career? Um, and, and we'd love to share that out. So please do that. Also, please rate, review, subscribe, all the fun stuff, share us out on LinkedIn. Um, and it looks like we finished up our coffee. So go level up.